Molly, welcome to episode three of the Satoshi oh Show. Gosh, episode three. I can't believe we've made it this far. Me neither. <laughs> it's so disciplined. I mean, yeah. I mean, me and you have made it this far, but Mia Mia's clearly hasn't. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We'll replace her. Somebody new. Where is Mia anyway? I think she's in Mexico. Or I think she, yeah, she's at an event, isn't she? But I can't remember what it's called. Something, something Bitcoin. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She'll be back. Don't worry. Yeah. So we thought while Mira is away, we'll just continue doing this ourselves. And we're going to have a guest on. We mentioned we would have guests on the show. Um, and somebody actually wanted to join the show. And we feel extremely excited. And also a little bit anxious because she's a podcaster too. And we want to make a good impression. And I also feel extra bad because, as you know, before we launched our our show, we thought of our tagline and we made our tagline the first all-female Bitcoin-only show. And we we thought that's true. And then remember how I said, hey, why not? Why not have this guest on? She, she's a fellow podcaster and she just published a book. And we thought, wow, that's really good. And then we asked her. But we didn't bother to think about the fact that her podcast is all female, Bitcoin only, and a lot older than ours. So um, welcome, Anita Pash, and I'm very sorry. Hello, no need to apologize. Uh, Hello, Lena. Hello, Molly. Um, Thanks for having me on. Hi. It's a great uh, honor to be here uh, on your and being your first guest. And um, yeah, I mean, when I uh, heard you saying that you're the first uh, all female uh, Bitcoin only podcast, I mean, it's just me. I'm the female podcast host. I started in 2018, but I, of course, have uh, male guests. So uh, basically, I'm not sure if you're going to have male guests, but uh, from the host side, yes, I think I'm the first. Maybe somebody else um, also um, was before me. I mean, I know Stephanie Murphy from the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast, but she's not the main host. She's one of four, I think. But maybe mm. we, maybe I also don't know something. But now my tagline is <laughs> first female Bitcoin only podcaster. It's okay. You can have it. <laughs> I thought if you can't have it, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that we looked around and we thought about this and we invited you and we didn't think about the tagline. But now our tagline is... Now our tagline is the all-female Bitcoin only. <laughs> I thought since you did the research already, I can take the tagline now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can trust my research, given that it was incorrect. But <laughs> Yeah, someone else will probably come up and be like, no, I'm the first all-female hosted podcast. And we'll be like, we'll just go around in a big circle. Exactly. But then, then we have learned something again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, isn't it great that there are so many females in Bitcoin though doing podcasts? Yay! They are, they are going more and more are c- coming up, and I think that's uh, really awesome and great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We felt that a lot of you know female or podcasts that involve female hosts are not Bitcoin only, 
So that's actually mm-hmm. why we launched this podcast. And, um, you know, to, to each their own, but we only want to talk about Bitcoin. Like yeah. you, as we suppose. Exactly, exactly. I think it's enough to talk about Bitcoin only because there are uh, enough things happening that you can cover and uh, the stories are more and more with each year. I mean, I can't compare this now as, I mean, you were back there uh, at the same time, like even longer than me, like in 2017, when I started, um, I mean, you could really follow the development, you know, you, you thought I'm not missing anything of it, but now, I mean, uh, it's, it's growing immensely. Mm. It is, it is. So you've been around since 2018. Uh, 2017. In 2018, I started the podcast exactly in August. So it's three years now. Yay. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. What? What what led you to what led you to Bitcoin? What how did you find Bitcoin in twenty seventeen? Yeah, well, um, I'm I actually studied urban planning, and when I finished my studies in nineteen ninety seven, here here, um, the internet came to Austria. So I had my first email set up in nineteen ninety seven, and. I got immensely interested in the internet and these new forms of communication uh, that uh, were possible. And uh, I bought my first HTML book and built my first website. And uh, from then on, uh, I uh, switched careers basically and um, was working as a web designer. I did uh, huge uh, or large e-commerce projects. um, And we also, um, when I was self-employed I had a partner and we had a company together and we did online platforms like online marketplaces something similar to Etsy but a lot of smaller of course um, for design uh, for sustainable um, designer goods and things like that and um, in 2016 I thought to myself um, because at that time I was employed in a bigger uh, e-commerce company And I thought to myself, ah, actually, I want to be self-employed again and I want to do something new. Uh, I I was looking for a field that really is interesting to me where I can like also... um, contribute to to the greater good in a way you know uh, because like all those consume consumer goods stuff uh, I mean I was selling uh, motorcycles and uh, on in the other company uh, goods for gardening you know and I thought to myself that's not really what I'm interested in anymore there must be something bigger where I can contribute to and then I decided to do a year off like I went to Berlin and uh, yeah, I was scouting my next uh, topic of interest uh, where I also want to work in the field. And funnily enough, uh, 2016 uh, in Berlin, there was already the, the Bitcoin bar. Um, so now the first Bitcoin bar in the world where you could buy beer and burgers um, uh, with Bitcoin. But I didn't realize it back then, you know. So um, the, <laughs> I heard the first time about Bitcoin in 2011. So I posted about, uh, I tweeted about Bitcoin back then. But I thought it's something like PayPal. So, And I thought to myself, oh, don't need another PayPal. Huh? So I, I really didn't get it. And so in 2017, I got back to Vienna and uh, settled back in here and thought, okay, so now I'm going to work as a web designer and inter- online marketer and things like that. 
And then in spring 2017, I visited a talk at a conference by Sherman Foschengier, and she was talking about Bitcoin and blockchains and how they will impact the world. And I immediately understood uh, the, the, the possibilities and the uh the the how how big this is you know how revolutionary it was for me like uh the beginning of the internet and uh from then on i decided that's interesting i i want to work in that field that's something what what i as a solopreneur can do because i was uh it was clear to me i don't want to found a, a startup a company or something like that i wanted to work alone and from that on yeah i i started to dig in the famous rabbit hole yeah do you feel any regret at all that in 2011 heard of, you heard about bitcoin <laughs> and you know you didn't buy any yeah you know i mean and even if I had bought some or any or more, uh, I might have lost it or, or something like that, or I might have spent it, you know, I no, I'm, I don't regret anything, you know, it's um, life is the way it is and you can only go step uh, by step and uh, new knowledge brings uh, new experiences and so on. And that's why I uh, got into Bitcoin in 2017 and I think I was still early and um, We are still early now, so no, no yeah. regrets, no regrets. That's very healthy. Good attitude. <laughs> well, that's so cool. So are you, so are you a full-time Bitcoiner then? Yes, uh, and I'm very, very proud of that. And it's great. It's really, really great because I always wanted to achieve that. I mean, I have my coffee here, yeah, and it says, do what you love. And that, that was always like my message. And then someday I, I realized um, it's not do what you love. It has to be love what you do. Because mm -hmm. um, do what you love would be like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something professional that I love to do as a hobby because, yeah, I like it, you know. But then you don't have the endurance. You don't have the, the, the power to go this marathon because it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so I'm, I'm really happy and proud that I made that. I mean, that, that I made that possible for myself. Um, and also that, that switch, you know, from being an internet marketer. I mean, I had, I, I, I lived from that, you know, I, I, it, it worked. Yeah. And I just said, I want to work in this new field. And um, so I changed that in a, in a long process. Wow. I have my coffee here and it says Bitcoin is fuck you money. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> I, I need one of these two. <laughs> I will ask um, Bitcoin Meme Hub, I think, made it together uh, with Samson. Oh, yeah. And great. what's really cool is this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have some of those mugs at our office as well. I think Samson has sent us some. Yeah, The guys love them. They're very cool. Yeah, they're cool. I mean, you can, but you can only only use it with like people like you and me. I mean, everybody else would be pissed off, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people are so sensitive. No, not know, not not in yeah. the Bitcoin space. Fair enough. <laughs> so if, when you when you found Bitcoin, you started working in the Bitcoin space. That you feel like that's. You, you compared it to the early internet. So is it like, it feels like a calling or it feels like this is exactly the space you want to be in right now? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not mm -hmm. so much of a calling, but more the 
It's the combination of all I have done in my life, all of my interests. Uh, I mean, when I was 14, I, 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 I produced my first paper, you know, a fanzine for Duran Duran. And I, I printed it out on, and uh, then put the, the, the I, I uh, took the magazines and took a scissor and put the, the images and stuff on paper and copied it and something like that. So, and now I'm a podcaster, you know, I'm, I'm doing media online and uh, also my uh, history as a e-commerce, um, I'm not so much a developer. I was more like a project manager. I, I always had to, to be able to talk to marketing people as well as to developers. And I think mm. that um, the, that's a very important um, knowledge or experience I have uh, for explaining Bitcoin because I have to understand the technicalities and break it down to, to newbies or beginners or, or people yeah, who are interested in it. And um, so I think everything basically came together. Also my, my interest in, in like um, economy and economy from people for people, you know, that's basically always what I did and what I was interested in nurturing, you know, like helping people uh, to start their small business, uh, connecting them uh, and all those things. And I think that uh, very wonderfully comes together everything in Bitcoin and also the, the open source um, uh, thing, like uh, the philosophy and uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, fuck the system a little bit. <laughs> do you know what i've noticed well whenever you're talking to some to bitcoiners they always smile when they're talking about bitcoin i was just noticing that with you anita when you're talking about it just then like you're smiling and i just think that is so beautiful like that that's how bitcoiners feel about bitcoin yeah like i'm smiling right now just by talking about it but no sorry that was just a little side note <laughs> no but but you're right i mean it's it's basically what I want to do, and I always get uh, enthusiastic talking about it. You know, when I have to explain mm. this, sometimes it happens, of course, that people, uh, different people, ask you the same thing over and over again. You know, the same fat story, the same. Uh, mm. It uses so much ele electricity. It's not backed by anything, uh, but we need a control. Whatever you know, and but all the time I'm I'm explaining that again. I realize how how much. I love the, what it does, you know, and um, yeah. and that's also uh, great to have this enthusiasm um, from one Bitcoiner to the next, you know, because uh, as you know, wherever you go around the world, um, I'm asking first, uh, who who is into Bitcoin in this city? Can I meet you? You know, mm -hmm. so you, you also get to know a lot of people and that's great. Yeah, no, I love that. I don't think the, the Bitcoin... Uh, community is as toxic, toxic as it makes out to be. We're all just actually really happy and enthusiastic people. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, to be honest, uh, I sometimes I just make like a I, I walk around the the toxic uh, people sometimes, you know, like, and not mm. everybody is the same in person as online. You know, it it often also how you write things down is different than you would say it, you know, in person. Um, and yeah, I mean, too much toxicity is also too much for me. I don't like it. I don't like to like, uh, uh, push p newbies away from the space because, um, mm. of rude Bitcoiners. I think that's not good. Um, 
but in general, you're right. Uh, Bitcoiners are very nice people. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So you talk then just about, um, you know, it being your life. So we actually talked about it on the podcast that we've not yet released, but soon coming out um, about this sort of work-life balance with Bitcoin. And how do you switch off from your work um, with Bitcoin being 365, 24-7? What do you do to unwind? Yeah, it's hard <laughs> because um, when you're so enthous enthusiastic about something, you don't want to miss anything. Um, but yeah, of course, as a solopreneur, I also, if I take uh, a day off or do a holiday, then nobody works anymore, you know? So um, that puts me a little bit into like a stressful situation, but I've learned to live with it. And what I do is uh, a lot of sports, like um, I'm cycling a lot, I'm swimming almost every day uh, if I can make it. And um, also a part of Team Satoshi, um, we did like two years ago, we did the uh, Satoshi Friathlon where we cycled, ran and swam from Zurich to Munich. And now in October, we are doing the road to Bitcoin. It goes from Italy to, to Munich again. And um, all, all Bitcoiners are invited to join us on that. Um, they can do a relay stage. Uh, so sports, a lot of sports. Then, of course, meeting with friends and um, yeah, trying to to have also time for me, like to to think about things and to calm down the, the mind, you know. But basically, yeah. most thing is uh, doing sports. Yeah, that's cool. So you said friends there. Are all your friends Bitcoiners as well, or not? No. Yeah, you have an orange no, pill. I, them. No, I, I've orange pilled <laughs> a lot of people, um, and I'm always trying to, but not in a how shall I say, if they have any questions about it, I'm answering, but I'm not pushing it on them. And mm. um, yeah, I, I think I lost some friends on the road, you know, <laughs> like... Um, it happens. Yeah, exactly. It happens. And um, yeah, I mean, my goal is, is to orange peel at least my closest uh, friends, mostly female friends, because I really think that it's important or it, it will be uh, very positive for them in the future. So your book is called your book is called Learn Bitcoin and the L is in brackets. So learn slash earn Bitcoin. Um, yes, exactly. Oh, you have it there? Oh, I have it. I have That's it an epic cover. That is so, amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, that uh, the cover was made by Sovereign's uh, designer. Uh, so Severin, Sovereign uh, sponsored my work. That was very great uh, because uh, now we can also um, translate it to uh, German. <laughs> I will do that apparently. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> to Spanish, to Chinese and Russian, which is great. And so, so the title, which is "Learn and Earn Bitcoin," uh, says exa exactly what I'm doing. Like, I'm 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 giving all the information you need um, around the why of Bitcoin. So, so why should you even use it? You know, or why should you learn about it? Um, and uh, in the second part part of the book, it's more like a practical guide um, with a staircase to self sovereignty because that's my goal in the book to to uh, lead people up to the 
stage where they have their own coins, uh, keys, sorry, <laughs> their keys and the <laughs> coins. Um, so, and I have a lot of like advice on that. And it's basically really built um, up in a way um, that at first you learn the basics and then um, um, you learn step by step um, how to come from no coiner or pre-coiner to a Bitcoiner. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so is that the target people for your book then, like pre-coiners and no-coiners? Exactly. So fiat users yeah. and pre-coiners, like the people who who um, thought about Bitcoin. So I'm not sure mm. if I want to. Uh, I don't know all the arguments. So I'm giving... Uh, Bro, so positive, uh, the positive side of Bitcoin, and I also show uh, all the fat stories or arguments that one might have um, that prevent her or him from using Bitcoin, and I'm also talking about those. And uh, so, yes, it's basically fiat users and pre-coiners who um, might already have some Bitcoin, but they have it on a centralized exchange. And uh, mm. so, I'm trying to get them uh, that they use uh, a self-hosted wallet, a hardware wallet, um, and, and, and use Bitcoin in this self-sovereign way. Mm. That's incredibly important as well. I mean, I work at CoinCorner, um, which is a centralized exchange, and we do encourage users to, you know, withdraw and host that hold their own Bitcoins themselves. Um, it can be difficult, I think, because it's another part of Bitcoin, isn't it, that that you have to understand. And buying them on an exchange and just leaving them there is easy and great and whatever. But the real important part of that is the self the self holding, which is so important. Exactly. And I give also a, a, some reasons why it's important, because many people don't understand what the difference is. And I explain yeah. that only with you having the, the keys, uh, so nobody can take it away from you. It's uncensorable. And you also, you know, there cannot be new um, uh, financial products built upon your uh, Bitcoin. So there's no rehypothecation possible and things like that. And you also mm -hmm. can like, you have more, how shall I say, not power, but you know what I mean. In in you're a Bitcoin user then, and you have a voice yeah. basically in the consensus, you know, and and what happens with Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. A, a very a, a way that I found very easy to understand why it's important to own your money, to ha to have it and not just hold it on a centralized exchange, is that. Your bank only lets you withdraw so much money every day at an ATM or whatever. Mm. They only let you send so much money before they start asking weird questions or say, <laughs> you know, oh, we, we don't want you to do that or, or whatever. And um, that's really annoying. <laughs> and that is in, <laughs> you know, that that is ev that's just the status quo around the world. We're not even talking about countries where um you have you you run into some really terrible situations where the banks just don't service people anymore or what you're seeing right now really unfortunately in afghanistan where people are running to the banks trying to get their money and they're being told well the bank's not in service right now sorry come back mm. another day so uh it's i i found this comparison very helpful in understanding why you want to hold your money you want to hold your keys yourself um, you want to hold your coins in your own wallet. And I think once you do that, once you get over the fear of losing your keys, 
Um, although I don't think you ever really get over it, but once you learn to live with it, you uh, you don't go back. Yeah. I mean, this is the whole point in Bitcoin, isn't it? Is be your own bank, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and those what you were saying, referring to now, Lena, like in Afghanistan, the situation that's happening all over the world all the time, you know, like in Cyprus, we had it 2013 Mm -hmm. in Zimbabwe. It has happened so many times to the people there. So the banking services are not really working there. That's that's the general uh, situation. But sometimes the government just decides uh, to change uh, the account currency like people have US dollar in their bank accounts and from one day to the other uh, the Zimbabwean government or let's say dictatorship says um, so now it's converted into a new Zimbabwean dollar Uh, so basically from one day to the other they they um, extract all the value from you and you only have those uh, Zimbabwean dollars anymore that lose value every day and so um, yes Bitcoin holding the keys protects you from these sorts of uh, also bailouts and things like that what do you think is a barrier to people understanding this because i i suppose to to bitcoiners like ourselves this seems like common sense it's um we see things happening around the world and we understand that the only thing that's between um you know molly in in um ourselves in europe basically the or in the western world or anywhere really the only thing that's between us and a situation like that is um, a switch in government to an authoritarian leadership and we feel so foolishly safe from that but it can happen so quickly so what do you think is the barrier to people seeing this and realizing this and then understanding okay wait my money's not mine (laughs) my money's not safe in the bank it's the same. Uh, it's education. I mean, we don't learn that. It's education and we're used to it. We Yesterday was the 50th anniversary of uh, Nixon like um, breaking the gold standard um, with rendering the US dollar to a fiat uh, money, a currency that's not backed by anything anymore. And most people of us weren't born back then. So um, we we only know the fiat system and we only know a system that works with banks, which is a great difference in between our, our Western world and like African nations or uh, less developed countries in the world where banks not work like here and where billions of people also don't have access to a bank because they don't have an ID. And these are all things that we don't think about. And coming back to the the thing with with the banks, I think we we never learn in school um, how money is created, what it is, who's in charge of it, or or why does anybody have have to be in charge of it, you know? And we also don't learn how really how to save uh how to to keep like um how to um have have healthy um finances at home uh like with your own spendings or if you run a company you have to learn that all by yourself and i think many people are also just yeah they they trust their government and uh they want a bank to be in control because they are educated that way i mean i i i learned it the same way you bring your money to the bank and then you get interest and uh funnily enough i i never really saved because i mean even even back then 20 30 years ago when i could have done it 
I thought, but with these like 1%, 2% interest rates, what, what does that help? I mean, and um, now with, with Bitcoin, I found a solution to also this problem of inflation, you know, like because that's basically um, eating your, your gains away. So, uh, and now when we have like zero interest rates in Germany or even uh, negative interest rates, it's even worse. So Bitcoin is basically the only solution to that problem at the moment. Or you buy um, property, like a house, um, but who, who has so much money to do that? Uh, less and less people have. Yeah. Not, not yet. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was, um, oh, how old was I, nine, I think? So I had a bank account and I lost my, my bank card. It was like my first own bank account. And I was so ashamed that I didn't tell my parents. And I found the bank card again a few years later. I think I was 14 or something. And I checked out the bank account and I had it on like a savings account. I had like 24 euros or something. And I had earned 50 cents in interest and I was so proud. I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's awful, isn't it? It is. <laughs> that's so bad. But like you say, it. I mean, you just don't get taught this stuff at school. I, I knew nothing about money. Well, I realized I knew nothing about money until working in Bitcoin and actually, yeah, I don't know whether the right phrase is unlearning everything you know about money or learning everything about you know about money is, you know, uh, I don't know which one it is, but yeah, it just opened your eyes. And that's, I think, unfortunately, like you say, a lot of people do just trust the governments and go along with it and it, because it's all they've known. Um, maybe the upcoming generation are a little bit more savvy i think they are realizing that they're not you know they're not getting interest in their bank accounts and that's why you have challenger banks and they're kind of like a stepping stone i think between traditional finance and like new finance like bitcoin um but certainly for the like my parents generation and like older they this is like the monetary system is all that they've known and they struggle i think to get their head around this concept of bitcoin and cryptocurrencies yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think the, the younger people, they are coming from a complete different direction. They are living with the internet uh, since they were born. I mean, and, and with, it's, it's completely uh, common to them to like maybe send value over the internet, like in gaming, for instance, and things like that. So, and as you say, I agree with these new banks that are only online. I mean, back in the days, I had to go to a, a uh, in town to the bank, you know, um, and I couldn't um, send money over the internet in any form. So, um, I think for the the older generation like me, um, for most people, it's really in, incomprehensible how something like Bitcoin can have any value, you know. So yes, I think it's a generational thing, and um, young people are. I mean, uh, a, a baby born yesterday or something like that will uh, never uh, walk into a banking office or something, you know. Mm -hmm. that's it i've got a little boy and he's four and he knows he can recognize the bitcoin logo maybe because i talk about it too much i don't know <laughs> but he knows bitcoin but he doesn't know like banking logos um and yeah i just think that's the way the the next generation will will go is that they will they will know bitcoin 
his first bad word he will learn is shitcoin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably will be actually. <laughs> probably already did. <laughs> yeah. So Anita, you're a Bitcoin educator, um, and like your job is educating people on Bitcoin. Um, but on the, on your way there, because it is a a steep learning curve you have with Bitcoin, right? Um, are there any people that helped you with that, either directly or indirectly? You know, by writing a book that you read, or um, you know, some some other way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think my main influence uh, has been Andreas Antonopoulos. Um, not only I, I started watching his videos in 2017, and he's also a lecturer or. A tutor at uh, the University of Nicosia, which um, offers a free digital currency MOOC, uh, a open online course for everyone. Uh, so it's free and it's great. And I did that. And um, then, of course, my colleagues at Bitcoin Austria, which is our non-governmental organization here in Austria, um, educating people and, and organizing meetups and stuff like that. And then, yes, I mean, I had 125 guests on my show. So basically all those guests were, were my uh, teachers, and uh, which is a great idea why uh, to host a podcast. And um, yeah, so that's basically it. And, and I learned a lot. Like I uh, was, <clears throat> luckily, I was one of the translators of uh, the Internet of Money, the first two volumes to German. And there, of course, I learned a lot. And then writing my own book is basically um, learning. Yeah. So um, mm. these are, I guess, I mean, there are a lot of people like Nick Carter, uh, Lynn Elden, Caitlin Long, uh, Jameson Lopp, um, those kinds of people who are also very present on Twitter are my daily teachers, I would say. <laughs> That's the thing, you don't stop learning in this space. You exactly. always learn something new, like your brain just doesn't stop learning things. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. so and, great. And I forgot to mention Adam Beck, of course, um, uh, who has also had great influence uh, on, on what I understand. And yeah. Uh, where can people get your book? Oh, uh, the best is you go to learnbitcoin.link. Um, because there you can find all the information about the book. You can buy it, buy it as an ebook for Bitcoin or Lightning. Uh, and it also gives you the links to, to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And uh, basically, you should be able to buy it in bookstores too. That's cool. We'll put links in the show notes and everything as well. Yeah. Thank you very we live much. In a time where you can buy Bitcoin books at the bookstore. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just interested. Do you see a difference in how German speakers re react to Bitcoin or to your educational content and, you know, people outside of the German speaking realm? That's, That's just great. my personal interest at a German. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can only in general say that I think Germans are more, I think you say, reluctant to use Bitcoin than Austrians. Austrians I have a little bit more open to it. Um, um, 
But in general, the difference is bigger in between Western countries or developed countries and uh, not so good developed countries because people there understand immediately when you tell them about the fact that uh, Bitcoin cannot be inflationed, um, it cannot be censored, uh, you can send it everywhere in the world for, for really a small fee um, and it's fast. And, and these are all things that those people don't know. I mean, um, and so I always have the feeling that uh, German speakers in general are more like, mm, I don't know, I trust my government more, I'm scared about what happens uh, and who's paying the taxes then. And in underdeveloped uh, countries, people are, show me how it works, I want to use it, you know. Um, my interview partner from Zimbabwe, my friend Aura, for instance, she used it for her school to, to like we sent donations to her. I made a donation campaign for her and we sent Bitcoin over and she was able to open up the school again where she's the headmistress of. But then she also started to use it for herself, of course. Uh, I mean, if something works, you use it. And now she's sending Bitcoin to Kenya to a freelancer whom she's working with. Uh, her parents uh, own Bitcoin. And I was asking her uh, recently, and uh, have you sold your Bitcoin because it went down like ooh, 30%? And she said, no, I mean, I trust that it goes up again. <laughs> and I find that that's so great, you know, um, and uh, the attitude, uh, people are, are also much more experimental. They need to, because they have to hustle every day to to find the money to pay their rent and all the other things, you know. So there is much more uh, innovation, and I try new things. I want to try new things um, that can help me in these countries than here in in the Western world. I agree, hundred percent. I, I think yeah. that. Um, depending on where you are in the world, whether you're in a, like a developed or a non-developed country, Bitcoin is, I mean, it's different things to different people. So like you're saying with the non-developed countries, it is a first and foremost, a, a currency to them, you know, and a, whereas I think maybe in the Western world, it's viewed more as a store of value and people are buying Bitcoin because they want to, they see it as an investment. Um, but I just, I think that's, I find that fascinating that Bitcoin is one thing, but it's just different things to different people, depending on where you are in the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I see that too. It's mm. more, it's a tool for them. Uh, and often they also have to exchange it into their national currency because um, they need the national currency there. So, and they don't have the disposable income that we have, they can't save. I mean, if they are lucky, they are able to spare some sats and, and wait for them to increase but most of the times it's a tool to get money from abroad like with remittances to them or back to to other people in african countries or the same in uh, south america right. i guess well cool. it's great that you're you know t taking your time making your job to educate about bitcoin I think, you know, we can't have enough of that because different people respond to different messages, respond to different tones, to different types of content. And um, first of all, I think it's impressive that you can, that you were able to build this up for yourself. You know, you're a full-time Bitcoiner, you work in Bitcoin full-time and you, you spend that time creating educational content. And uh, that's just, you know... <laughs> How do you... Hats off. Yes. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And and I think the important thing for people also to know is uh, Bitcoin doesn't pay you. I mean, there's no marketing department in Bitcoin uh, compared to other, um, let's say, altcoins. Um, so I think everyone, anyone uh, who is in this space uh, working for Bitcoin because of their own personal interest it's it's like a how do you say a, a job uh, of of love or like something like that <laughs> yeah 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 we're not paid shills exactly no. <laughs> we do this because we love it <laughs> and and the value is rising i mean okay i mean come on <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a, in it a, for the technology uh, yeah no i mean <laughs> Basically, I'm in for the philosophy and, and for, for the fact that everyone in the world should have equal access uh, to money. Um, but I, mm. I can't deny that I'm not having fun or I'm not like seeing uh, the value rise and I say, wow, nice. Yeah, nice for everyone. <laughs> I think that's perfectly legitimate. It's part of Bitcoin's design. If there was no monetary incentive, there, we would not be where we are right now. Exactly. That's what's so beautiful about Bitcoin. It aligns the it, it aligns our human incentives with this massive progress it brings to to our planet. That's why it works. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. So Anita, what is what's next for you? What are you what are you working on next? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I'm uh, starting my podcast again because now I did a break for two months because I released or published a book <clears throat> and was traveling. And in September I'm starting again. And I'm also translating the book. Um, as I said, uh, I'm translating it to German. Other people from Sovereign's team, thank you, uh, translate it into other languages. And uh, then, yeah, of course, book marketing. So I, I stay in the loop and I try to um, reach as many people as possible. So that's what's next. That's exciting. All the best with that. Yay. Thank you very much. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I need like support. Yeah. Support Anita, everybody. In the meantime, where can people find you if they want to support you? So as I said before, the book is at learnbitcoin.link. Um, my podcast is called The Anita Post Show. You can find it in any uh, podcast player. And I'm on Twitter at Anita Posh. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for coming on to the Satoshi Show, Anita. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for being our first guest. Yeah, thank you, Molly. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Lina. Thank you, Mir, in absence, uh, for inviting me <laughs> and for the honor to be the first guest on the Satoshi show. <laughs> we hope we did okay. Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank See you. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.